Jesus says you get that from the word of God. Paul in Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes through the word of God. Where can you get life to God? You get it from the word of God. In this analogy that Jesus develops, you are the dirt. That's not all that flattering, but that's what he says. We're the dirt. How alive is dirt? How much ability does dirt have to produce a crop? To make a strong, sturdy shoot that's able to produce fruit? Well, it doesn't have any unless the seed enlivens it. And that's what Jesus is saying. The word of God is where the life is. You will remain dead. You can have many wonderful dirt qualities, but you will remain dead unless the word of God can find root in you. And that's why Jesus is concerned about what kind of a hearer you're going to be and what kind of a hearer other people are going to be. The word of God is where life is. You can't come alive to God on your own. You have to listen to God's word. Now, down in the middle, we have a couple of passages, and I just—I know I'm taking this out of order, but that's okay. I'm doing it on purpose. Uh, we have a couple of passages which I think reveal God, uh, what Jesus is doing here. Look at verses 8 and 10. When he said this to them, he, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what the parable meant, and he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but to the others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. And then down at the end he adds this, No light, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. There's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be made known or brought into the open. And therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. It's that surrounding material that kind of gave me the idea that, that that's what Jesus is up to. And Luke is showing us Jesus is concerned about what kind of a hearer you're going to be. He quotes when, he, when the disciples want to know, why are you talking in parables? He quotes from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, the great vision that Isaiah has of the throne room of God. When we preached through Isaiah, we said, we often focus on how glorious that throne room experience was. Jesus sees God, the throne of God, high and lifted up, and he sees the, the seraphim that are calling back and forth about how holy God is. And we forget that when Isaiah is commissioned, he's commissioned to go out to his people and be a preacher and to preach a message which is going to have the ordinary effect of hardening hearts. You go preach them the truth, and the effect of the truth will be that many people's hearts will be hard. Many people's ears will be stopped. People will, will grow dull because you're telling them God's word. And so Jesus is thinking about that as he goes about his ministry. He's seeing it happen. 
There are people who are coming alive. The Word of God is doing what the Word of God can do. People's lives are coming alive to God. But just as surely there are people who are becoming more dead because of the impact of the Word of God. They're becoming more hardened. They're becoming more resistant. They're coming up with more ways to run away from God and to resist what he has to say. And Jesus is watching that happen as he goes about his mission. And he's warning us about it. That that phrase down in verse 18 is the one that just gets me. Consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. In this context, what in the world does that saying mean? We're thinking about how you hear the word of God, considering how you listen to the word of God. Pretty clearly, we we, we can form the idea that those who, who listen obediently, who obey the word of God, the word of God that they have, will learn more. And those who refuse to obey will lose even what they have. God does not expect you to understand his entire will right now. Wherever you are as a Christian, wherever you are in your Christian understanding, he doesn't think that you're going to be able to comprehend him. He's infinite after all. And even his word is massive and it's difficult. Lots of it is difficult to understand. And there may be lots of questions. If you say, I'm not going to start obeying God, I'm not going to start letting the word of God direct my life until I understand it all, you will never begin. If the word of God has touched your heart at all, if it has reached you at all, if in any place the word of God coming next to your life says this must change, then in that place you follow the word of God. And in following that piece of the word of God, more will be given to you. And if you say, because I don't understand the whole picture, I refuse even those parts that are calling me, Even that will eventually become obscure to you. It'll eventually be lost. Consider how you listen, Jesus says. Your life before God is at stake. Consider how you listen. Well, let's look at the parable itself. Very familiar parable to to so many of us. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering seed, some of it fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. When Jesus wants to interpret that down in verse 12, he says this, those along the path are the ones who hear and and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. I imagine Jesus had seen this very phenomenon as he goes out and preaches. He sees people whose hearts are absolutely word of God proof. Armored against being touched by anything that the Word of God actually has to say. 
There are a couple of different ways of being hard-hearted in the way that Jesus is talking about. Those who listen with a heart that is seeking to be deceived by sin won't even begin to understand the Word of God. If you're already following the path of sin, if you're already uh, thinking as you hear the Word of God, you're already thinking about that next sin that you're going to commit. You're not even going to start the process of letting the Word of God take root in you. There's another way to be hard-hearted. Another way to deceive yourself sinfully. And that is to be so sure that you already know the Word of God that you can't hear the Word of God. And I'm sure Jesus saw that as well. You know, our natural expectation is that 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 might be some of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that fall into that category. I already know everything it is that God needs me to do. At least I know it better than some preacher in rags from Galilee is going to be able to explain it. I cannot hear the Word of God if it differs from what I already expect to be true. Hard-hearted, armored against the Word of God. How do you break up a hard heart? If you were a farmer and you wanted to somehow get a crop out of a hard, beaten-down path, what would you have to do? There's just nothing else you could do. You would just have to take a plow to it. That surface has to be cracked open. It has to be broken apart. Not much fun probably for the earth, but it has to be broken apart if the seed's going to take root. How does a hard heart come to a place where it can listen to the Word of God? Well, I hate to say this, but it has to be broken. And, And not everybody can hear the Christian message. But you, as a person who's telling the Christian message, you don't know where people are in their lives. And sometimes people who are the most, appear to be the most hard on the outside, armored against Christianity, angry against Christianity, hating the faith, hating the church, with a list of grievances against Christians a mile long, sometimes those people, God has been working in their lives and they're about to crack open. It's not your job to know what God has been doing in someone's life. What's your job? You just sow the seed. Sometimes the hardest people are actually just very brittle. And it may be your love. And it may be your word. That finally pierces their shell. And opens them up to the life that God wants to give them. Jesus says... In verse 6, some fell on some of the seed fell on rocky ground, and, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no, no moisture. And he says, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root, and they believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. I think Jesus saw people who exemplified this reaction to the Word of God as well. As he goes around preaching, I think he sees this happen, and we see it too. 
Christians see this too. And we can see this in our own lives sometimes. Those who listen only for what shows on the surface won't last as Christians. Notice what it says in verse 13. These are the people who receive the word of God with joy. If you're a farmer, you, you may actually see this. There may be plots of ground where, the, where the, the plants spring up fast. They don't have any pl- way to go down, so they only come up. And it looks like this is going to be an awesome plot of ground. This is going to be great. This is going to be so fruitful. But in fact, because there are no roots, that doesn't work at all. If I only let the word of God touch me insofar as other people can see me, it will not create life in me. If I only let the word of God touch me insofar as other people can see me, it will not create life in me. It is certainly possible to give the appearance of Christian life. It is certainly possible to please my pewmates and my family with professions of Christianity. It is certainly possible to sing loudly and to pray obviously and to give displays that on the surface appear to be life. And we Christians, we can't tell. We don't know what's going on in your life. But if the word of God only touches those things that other people see, and it never gets deeper than that, then Jesus says, when the testing times comes, a person like that won't have what it takes to stand up, to continue in the faith. This is serious what we're doing here. This is not just so that other people will pat us on the back and say, what a fine Christian. This is about whether or not we're going to be alive or dead. Whether or not God is going to be able to breathe life into us or whether we're going to have to remain in our dead, lifeless state. And that has to go all the way into the surface, all the way beneath the surface. Has to penetrate all the way to the heart. In verse 7, Jesus says, Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plant. And when Jesus describes what that is in verse 14, he says, that seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go their way, they are choked by life's worries and riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. And I guess Jesus had seen this happen as well. Some of us are guilty of trying to serve more than one master. Trying to make too many people happy. Trying to serve too many goals. 
And, and Jesus sees that phenomenon when he preaches, and we see that perhaps in our own lives. If I could just spend a little time over here. I am really preaching to myself right now. I'm going to have to... I will already be up front, but... Uh, when we do the invitation. Spend a little time over here. Pay a little bit of attention over here. Spend a little bit of energy in this project. Then jump over to this one and jump over to that one. And Jesus says, you live your life like that, it becomes difficult for the Word of God to take root. It's not that you don't want the Word of God to take root. It's just that you're... Along with the Word of God, you're going in about 17 other directions as well. In another place, he says, you cannot serve two masters. So you really can't serve 20. And some of us are trying to do that. Those who listen while trying to serve other masters will crowd out the word of God. And that's really the picture that he's painting here. These are people who let other things crowd out. Now, the stuff he talks about are, are things that actually drag us away into sin. I'm going to love the word of God and listen to it, but I'm also going to get rich. I'm interested in church. I, I like what the preacher has to say, but... I don't want to give up what I'm doing on Friday night. You can't serve many masters. There is one master that can lead you to life. There's one master that has the seed that can create life in you, and that is your master. Finally, Jesus says this, verse 8, Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. The word of God can make us alive to God only if we let it take charge. The word of God comes to you and because it is the word of your creator, no matter how hard your heart is, no matter how distracted you are by other things, no matter how much sin is in your life trying to pull you away, because the word of God is the word of your creator, it pulls you to God. This is where the life is, is in the word of God. It pulls you toward God. There are ways for you to resist that, and Jesus is talking about ways to do that, but the life is there, and all you have to do is let the Word of God take charge. It's simple. It doesn't mean it's necessarily easy, but it is simple. This is the Word of the one who made you. This is the Word of the one who who has died to save you. This is the word of the one who is reconquering the universe so that you can be with him forever. Let the word of God reign in your life. 
Well, I've got my own ideas about my life. I'm sure you do. They're really bad ideas. If they run contrary to the word of God, they're really bad ideas. And that's not your fault necessarily. You have inherited thousands of years of stupid human ideas that have been poured into your ears since you were a baby. People live in compromise. They live in sin. All of us do that. The word of God is our ticket out of the mess and into the life that God wants for us. Let the Word of God take charge in your life. When it says to give up a sin, give that sin up. When it says to do a practice, whether that's coming to church or reading or or pray, do that. You don't have to understand why necessarily. You will eventually. But just do what it says. When it says, go tell this message to people, and you say, I don't think they're going to listen. It's not really asking you if you think they're going to listen. It's just saying, why don't you go do what I said? Let the Word of God reign in your life and you will be alive. If you need to respond to the word of God, if you need to receive today baptism that will wash away your sins and renew you, bring you to the life that God means for you to have, or if you need prayers to help you in your walk, to to take away the other master so you can serve your true master fully. If you need any other thing this church can provide, why don't you come and let us know how we can help as we stand and as we sing.